Thank you for tuning into the Freedom Church Podcast, where you can catch our Sunday sermon on demand at any time. Hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on any of the content that's shared every week at our local church in Round Rock, Texas. Here's this week's sermon. I gotta know. No. Oh, sorry guys. That jam is ingrained in the dome, but today is the last time you will need to sing it because uh, we are closing up this series today of the kind of mini-series I Gotta Know. And I don't know about you guys, but some of you uh, came in saying, well, I do gotta know if I'm saved or not. But then you heard the message, which convicted us of either you have the assurance that you're saved, or you realize, man, maybe I've been missing some steps. So now you're like, I wish I didn't know. <laughs> maybe. But... Today we're going to wrap up the series, and we're going to get a little bit kind of more personal, because we're going to talk about some of the emotions that we deal with, and really the I got to know today is I got to know if it's faith or feeling. So faith versus feeling. And I'm thinking of a, of a moment when I was growing up, I don't know about you guys, but I was like a 1990s-ish uh, kid, and we rolled around the streets of the urban neighborhoods on a bicycle. Uh, you'd go knock on the door of your friend's house, and you'd say, hey, knock, knock, Patrick's mom would open up the door, and you'd say, hey, is Patrick there to play, right? You'd go play, and my parents really embraced my childhood. My dad was very, uh, would, would hold my mom back and say, just let him be a kid. I'd come with bleeding knees and uh, scarred up, you know, everything, and just let the kid be a kid. But there were some things that were non-negotiable. They were non-starters in our home. Disrespect was just not tolerated. And I remember one time I had uh, gone through Saturday after Saturday after Saturday of my mom ramming the vacuum straight onto my door, and she's cleaning the house, and all the cupboards close harder at 6 or 7 in the morning. And I'm saying, Mom, I'm supposed to sleep in. Why are you doing this? So one moment, I decided to work up the courage and stand up to this, these things we were going through as kids on Saturday mornings. And so my mom sees me. Good morning. It's time to get to work. I know you want to go out and play. I know you want to go do what you got to do. But you got to clean first. And you got to do this chore, this chore, that. And then you can go do whatever you want. I worked up the courage and I said, Mom, I don't feel like it. Ooh is right for all you well-brought-up youth with good parents around here. My mom kind of twisted her head a little bit. Veins may have bulged in the neck. She didn't drop the mic. She dropped the broom. And she said, boy, do you don't feel like it? Well, I don't feel like cooking for you every day. I don't feel like waking up in the morning and putting food on this table. I don't feel like working two jobs. I don't feel... And I was just in my My dad chimes in. And his strong voice starts saying, and I'm just thinking, here goes the speech I hear all the time. Fast forward to a couple days ago. Now, the courage I had at a much later age, 
looks like my six and three-year-old half. Because it was time to clean up the toys, and they wanted to go play outside. And I said, you will not do anything until you clean up these toys. And my six and three-year-old said, yeah, I don't feel like it. Boys, do you know dad doesn't feel like waking up in the... And I said, oh my gosh, they sound just like my parents. They taught me well. But I'll tell you, sometimes we get so caught up in our feelings. Our feelings matter so much that they become the number one thing in your life. And we're going to learn something about our feelings today that's going to be very, very challenging. And it's through a story of Jesus and his disciples and how they're interacting in kind of the last days right before he's about to get crucified. So tensions are high, emotions are high, and I want to start by setting the stage right as we pick up in Matthew chapter 26, verse 36. Then Jesus went to his disciples to a place called Gethsemane and said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. So right before this moment, I just wanted to mark that as a point in time. They had just had the Last Supper. In this supper, there was a lot of emotional moments because Jesus said in, at that table, remember, they've been building relationships. They've been building a community for the last three years or so. And next thing you know, Jesus said, one of you guys is going to betray me. What do you mean, Jesus? I, I'm not, I'm not going to betray you. And then, and then now they're walking to Gethsemane after that. And Jesus even calls Peter out and says, Peter, you're going to deny me too. And, Jesus, and, and Peter's saying, no way, I'm not going to do that. How many of you guys know that Jesus is never wrong? So clearly, this then takes place. But that's the, that's the mood that they're walking into as they're approaching the Garden of Gethsemane. But today, since we're talking about faith and feelings, I just want to make a quick pause to define feelings and to define faith. So we'll start with feelings. Two quick definitions the dictionary gives us. An emotional state or reaction. Another one is a belief, especially vague or irrational one. The definition we're going to focus on mainly is the first. However, the second does apply as you think of the um, you know, faith. But I love there was an article written by a man in DesiringGod.org. And he uses this as the title to then his article, which is, your emotions are not a gauge, or I'm sorry, your emotions are a gauge, not a guide. Your emotions are a gauge, not a guide. And when you think about a gauge, right, you think of your gas gauge, or you think of your you know, water pressure gauge, or any gauge, a gauge is only depicting what is inside, Right? That's all that a gauge is doing. So does a gauge just stay steady? No. A gauge rises and falls, rises and falls, depending on the mood that things are in. Or in this case, when it comes to our feelings, think of it as a gauge, not necessarily the source. Now we're going to look at faith. Faith is defined in the Bible, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I want to do a couple more definitions. Uh, Billy Graham gives us a really good description. He says like this, faith simply means believing that something is true and then, very closely, 
committing our lives to it. And so, in the Bible, faith means believing in God and in what Christ has done for us to make our salvation possible and then committing ourselves to Him. Okay? So Billy Graham breaks it up in a very simple way. But he, he describes it's all of what you believe. It's everything that you are. Right? And then C.S. Lewis says something that's really good. He says, faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. And one of the fascinating things that I learned through this uh, study as I was preparing for this, and as we prepare today, as we prepare to receive God's word, it really challenged me because I started to realize, wait a minute, in the height of my feelings, I, when I check at my faith, it's at its weakest. And I start to realize, wait a minute, there's a tension. And so, in C.S. Lewis's article, he describes a couple things, and he says, you will not wake up one day and say, wow, I, someone convinced me that my faith was all wrong, right? I saw a YouTube video, and now everything I've ever believed is wrong. Happens every once in a while, but for the most part, people that have lost faith, it doesn't happen overnight. Instead, there's a thing called a drift. You begin to drift away like a current taking you down tubing, right? And you just start drifting away, and you start to focus more on the feelings that you are feeling in the moment. Whether that's feelings of success and joy and all these great feelings, or whether those are of depression and of darkness in your life. But when those things become more important, our faith starts taking a back seat. And one day you'll look back and you'll be so far away from the faith you once had. And you'll say, oh my goodness, I have drifted so far away from the faith of my youth. And that's the warning that I want to give you guys today. Because what we learn is that feelings are at battle with our faith. Feelings are trying to take a front seat and put faith in the back seat. And so for us, we need to know that there's that at battle. Because if you don't know that battle's happening, it is. And number two, you could all of a sudden drift so far away you wouldn't even know where you're at. So today we're going to be kind of splitting. We're going to be talking about the feelings that feed our, uh, or I'm sorry, attitudes that feed our feelings, and then faith builders. And we'll see that through the passage today with the disciples and Jesus. So we're going to come back to this moment in verse 40. Jesus has now gone in. He's prayed. We're going to get very specific on those prayers. But for now, we're going to pause because we're coming back to when Jesus confronts and sees what the disciples are doing. Verse 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour? You'll see when we talk about the heat of the moment. They are in the heat of Jesus' agony leading up to the moments on the cross. They are in the moment when they're going to be tested more than ever. And he finds them sleeping. And the first feeling that we're going to talk about that can affect our faith is to be fatigued. In the moments that they should have been most vigilant, most ready, most armed, ready for whatever was to come, they were sleeping. 
And it reminds me of a time when I was, you know, the term today, hustling or grinding. And for the kids in the room, I mean grinding as in working hard. And um, so, so, so here I am, and I'm, I'm working hard. I'm doing the things I got to do. I'm quote-unquote hustling. I'm providing for my family. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about getting my 401k set up. I'm doing the... And here I am trying to adult and do the best job that I can. All the while, I am volunteering for every single thing in the church. I'm doing everything I can to do everything. I'm trying to be the best husband I can at home, trying to... And one day I wake up with an itch on my back that wrapped around my back all the way to my chest. And it was like a, it was like a line divided here and a line divided back. And I said, I told my wife, this burns. Like, this is bad. Like, I feel it inside. Like, like my, all my bones feel weak. Claudia says, you better go to the doctor. That, that looks extremely strange. I found out I had shingles. I know that you might think it's gross, and I did tell you that I did get shingles. But it is terrible. Has anyone had shingles and is brave enough to say yes? Ooh, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. And the doctor said, I'm going to give you some medicine to take care of it. You'll be good in a couple days. But I do have to ask you, as your doctor, and I care for you, are you under unnecessary stress? Are you maybe not getting a lot of sleep? Are you fatigued? Are you tired? And in my mind, I was like, I didn't think so. But yeah, I'm probably getting three or four hours of sleep. Yeah, I got a lot going on at work right now. I'm in the middle of, you know, this. We're, we're end of quarter that, blah, 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 you know, fill in the blank. And I realized, oh, my goodness. I am so fatigued. I've let my immune system go down so much that shingles was able to take over. That's what happens. And I started reflecting. I said, not only am I physically fatigued, but I started looking at my prayer life, at my time with the Lord, at my just heart. I had let my faith get away. And so quickly I said, wait a minute, this fatigue is also a spiritual fatigue that I need to put in check. And it was after that moment that I said, wow, this is something we need to look out for. And for you, that might be pursuing something or going after something, I would just pause and say, Make sure that you're leaving room for God. But the passage doesn't necessarily say they were fatigued. It's, they see the result of what happened, which is they were sleeping, right? So what maybe else could have happened? Maybe if they weren't fatigued, maybe they were comfortable. And feeding our comfort can weaken our faith. See, comfort is a feeling we all like. How many of you guys love, they call it, when it's a good old South term, comfort food. There's nothing like going to mama's house and she cooks you that meal that you just, you remember the smell of it. You remember that there's a comfort, right? And it's, it's not a bad thing. But some of us pursue that over, it's the feeling we pursue over anything else. I don't know if you guys have ever had someone that's too comfortable in your house. They just meet you and they're already opening up your fridge, right? They take their shoes off, socks off, and they're putting their feet on your, ta your table. And you're saying, dude, you are too comfortable around here, right? I'm telling you, if you stretch your comfort 
too far, it's a feeling you've got to put in check. Because again, we, and I, I'm talking to the men, we like sitting on the couch being comfortable watching TV. Careful not to get too comfortable. But if it wasn't fatigue and it wasn't comfort that they were feeling in the moment that they were sleeping, this is the attitude that I think we really need to check. Maybe their mindset said, oh, I'll let Jesus do the praying. He's our master. He's the one that has taught us. He's the pro. I'll let him do that. I don't need to be a part of this, right? I'm just going to sit back here. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to sleep while he goes and does what he's got to do. But as we look at, faith is the substance of the things hoped for and the evidence of what is not seen. And the substance is every part of you, including that part of you that says, I do care. And so one of the feelings that we have to keep in check is the feeling of apathy. And I'll tell you that here at this church, this is one of the things we need to be most watchful for. And as you as a member of this church, or if you are a member of the community, watch out for the spirit of apathy. And you might say, I don't know if I have the spirit of apathy. I don't know if I feel that way. Well, I'm going to quiz you, maybe think about some of these things. When you see a need come up at the church, whether it's to serve at the Williamson County Detention Center and support our kids, whether it's a community outreach, whether it's um, you know volunteering with the kids or doing additional work, does your first attitude out of your heart say, I'm sure someone else will do that? I mean, I see the videos when they come back. It looks like it went well. I didn't go, and it was fine. So maybe I don't need to be there. Or maybe you haven't given in a long time, but you see that the lights are still on. You see that, you know, we're, we're moving along and we're getting this building going. Well, they must not need my money. I'm good. I'll, I'll just, I'll keep doing my thing, right? Or like I said, the building project comes up. Eh, someone else will take care of it. I'm sure God's got that covered. And you just take a back seat. That is a, a spirit of apathy that you've got to be careful with. And it's potentially that that's how the disciples felt in that moment. We don't know. But we know it was either fatigue, it was either comfort, or it was apathy. And I'll tell you that once that gets into a church, and if too many people have that mindset, you'll see that few people will do a lot of things, and, and we, we don't become the fruitful and faithful church that I know that we are. So something to keep out watch for. But now let's look at what Jesus says after he catches them sleeping. Watch and pray. This is verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is a powerful warning. Powerful warning from Jesus. Because he says that, and I just want you to know that I'm not calling sleeping in or sleeping a bad thing. Um, sleeping is a great thing. And those Saturdays that I got knocked on the door by my mom's vacuum, I wish I could have slept longer. But the important part about this is not that they were sleeping. It's that they were not praying and being vigilant in the moments when the battle was going to get tough. And so Jesus said, watch out, because if you're not being proactive, if you're not awake, alert, and praying with me, 
Your sinful nature will take over. It talks about your flesh being weak. And that is your sinful nature. All of your sinful nature. So now we can insert sinful feeling here. Whether that's anger. Whether that's frustration. Whether that's... Uh, it could be any... Fill in any of, the, any of them. We are sinners. And if we are not vigilantly praying, as I told you guys, we're at battle, right? Then what's going to happen? You're going to fall into temptation. Something is going to happen. And so he's telling them, be vigilant in the moments when I need you the most. I need you guys to be ready. I'm about to be crucified. It's going to get hard. Get ready. But today, you know, we covered those four quick feelings. But I want you to know that there are thousands of feelings that we deal with. And if we're not careful, we will feed those and our faith will take a back seat. Today I want you to watch a quick video of one of the men here at our church that I knew one part of his story and some of the challenges he had been through and how much emotion I would feel in his scenario. But he also has other feelings he's dealt with early on in life. And he's going to share with how his faith helped him through. Turn your attention to the screens. Wow. Tough, tough story. And I, you know, when I first approached Tim on this one and he, he was going to share, I thought he was going to share about some experiences about being a dad dealing with a, a daughter that's, you know, has sicknesses and how difficult that would be for me emotionally to maintain my faith. But he even went back to earlier feelings that he's dealt with and how faith has been the thing that has carried him through. And, and he goes to an extent that I, we're not going to talk about today, we don't have time for it, but he's also going to, he, he talked about sharing his faith and building up others' faith in the midst of the most difficult feelings that a father could go through. And so, awesome story that, that helps encourage us in our faith. And we're going to continue here because now we're going to talk about faith builders. Those things that will build our faith in those moments when we need it the most. So we're going to dive back into verse 36, and it says, Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, Sit here while I go over there and pray. And you see, Jesus was about to go through the biggest agony he would ever feel. It would, it would actually be a bigger agony than what he faced on the cross. And a lot of people only focus on what happened at the cross. But what we learn about in this moment is he knows he's going to be separated from God for just a little bit because he's carrying all of the sins of all of the earth that we've all done. He's carrying them on his back. And he knows that he's going to pay the price that we deserve. He's going to pay that price. And in Luke, I love that he describes a little bit more. He's a little bit more descriptive. Luke says that he had blood sweats. He was sweating blood. There's a, a medical term called uh, hematridosis. I'm sure I didn't say that right for anyone that's technically uh, a doctor out there. But this is a term where they say that it's very rare. But when a man were to get to the point of sweating blood, you would be in the deepest agony and stress and, and, and physical pain internally for you to sweat blood. And that's how Jesus felt. And what did Jesus do? He prayed. He prayed. So if Jesus is carrying the sins of all of the earth and is the God himself, if he prayed, why shouldn't we? 
It's hard enough for us to carry the sins that we have internally. We need to be connected in prayer. He shows us that right from the top. And I want to remind you, since we're talking about feelings, that when is it that you should pray? When you feel like it and when you don't. It's the same exact thing that we've been taught here multiple times. When is it time to worship the Lord? When you feel like it and when you don't. When you're feeling most depressed and you want to go, when you want to feel connected with the Lord, go pray. When you're on a mountain and you just got a promotion and things are going great, family's good, you just got off a family vacation that you've been wanting, pray. Stay connected in prayer as Jesus did. But did he enter into the garden by himself? No, he did not. Let's read on in verse 37. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Those two sons are James and John. And he brings them in, in the moments of agony and pain. And he says, listen to me. This is how I'm feeling right now. Jesus tells them how he is feeling. And one of the things that's most important that we learn here is that one of the most important faith builders is for you to remain in community. Remaining in community. And I'm going to tell you this. There's times that go by where I haven't seen someone in a long time. And I'll, I'll, I'll name this person Bob to protect the innocent. And so I'll be at a grocery store minding my own business, hoping no one catches me because I hadn't put gel in my hair. I just mowed my lawn. I got tube socks up to here. I got grass in my Afro puff. And I, I see someone there. Bob, it's been a while since I've seen you at the church. A lot of times, Bob will say, you know, I've been going through some really hard challenges. It's been a really difficult season. Has anyone ever heard that? I've just, brother, Joel, pray. Pray that I get better. And in my mind, you know, certainly I'll pray. Certainly I'll help. Certainly I'll listen. But in my heart, I'm saying, dude, why did you disconnect from the community? You see, the enemy, when you're in the deepest, darkest feelings, wants to retreat you. He wants to put you alone. He wants to put you in a corner. If you look at the visual representations, pictures of people in depression, it shows them in a corner, in a single chair. It's dark and gloomy all around. And you know what? That's how the enemy wants to see you. What you should do when you're in the, in, just like Jesus, when he was going to feel the most agony, when he was in the most pain, he said, I'm bringing my boys with me. I'm not fighting this one on my own. And you guys know, people that have gone through big challenges, you've lost someone or whatever, you know that sometimes all you just need is each other. You just need community. And these things are very critical. But even more critical, it's for you to stay that way. We're going to look at Luke also describes this story, and he shares an insight that I think is important for us to take today. Luke chapter, 20, uh, chapter 22, verse 39, he says, Jesus went out, listen to these words, 
as usual to the Mount of Olives. It's also known as Gethsemane. And his disciples followed him. That term, as usual, is the most important one here. Because the Garden of Gethsemane, where he went to pray, was not just a place he stumbled across. And he said, you know, I'll I'll just pray here. No, this is a place where prayers had been answered. This is a place where faith had been built. This is a place where he had taught his disciples. This was a place that they frequented. And so one of the things that we learn that is a faith builder is consistency. We talked about prayer and how important that is. We've talked about community and how important that is. But more importantly, it's for you to stay consistent in prayer and for you to stay consistent in the community. And just to illustrate the power of consistency, I want to share a quick story with you. There are three men. No, they're not in a bar. I'm not going to do that joke. But these three men are together. They're friends for many years. One of them has the bright idea of doing a saying, hey, let's do a bet. Let's, let's, uh, let's do something. Doesn't matter what it is. Choose anything, something small. But you've got to do it every single day for the next 10 years. You cannot miss a day. Like, we're shaking on this, and we're boys. We know this handshake is sacred. And so this guy with the bright idea says, all right, well, let's get started. They all go around one by one. The first guy says, I am going to eat a piece of cheesecake every single day. Okay? They're they're looking at him. Are you you sure, dude? This is like every single day. He's like, look, I picked something easy. I need a a softball, right? I need something I'm going to enjoy if I'm going to do it every day. Okay. Second guy says, I'm going to do 10 push-ups a day. 10 push-ups. That's it. Just 10. Look, I'm not in that great of shape. I can knock out 10 push-ups. No one call out, prove it, please. And then the last guy says, I'm going to read for 10 minutes a day. Okay. So they shake hands. And the, the part of this is that they can't see each other over the next 10 years. So they're also choosing to part ways for 10 years so that when they come back, they can see the results of their experiment. They come back 10 years from now, and here comes boy number one. And, and they're like, what's, who, who is that? And he goes, man, I've ate so many cheesecakes in these last 10 years, I'm ready to be done. Those cheesecakes had put an extra 300 on him. So he's a big boy. He was the skinniest one of the group before. Next thing you know, here comes muscle man Randy Savage. Not really for any WWF fans from back in the day. Here comes this dude is built. He's got, he's got prizes around his neck because he's a world-class athlete. Be like, dude, you were so scrawny when I said, what happened to you? Ten push-ups a day. He's a world-class athlete now. And then the guy that had been reading for ten minutes a day Everyone had made fun of him before because they thought he was dumb as rocks. And next thing you know, this guy was an astrophysicist. And what they started to realize as they were sharing their stories was the guy that was getting the cheesecake, when he would go every day to go get his cheesecake, he'd also see cookies and brownies and other things. And so he created these habits of, 
of doing that because it was what he had to do consistently. And the guy that was doing push-ups, sure, he was doing the 10 push-ups a day, and they made a result, but then he saw an infomercial on this pull-up bar he could put on his little door thing. Starts doing pull-ups. Then he starts doing more things. Then he, just, he realizes he's not doing 10 push-ups a day. He's doing 100 push-ups a day. And then he starts to become an athlete. And the astrophysicist, you get the point. And so what sometimes happens in our lives is we feed these feelings little by little consistently. And we don't consistently build our faith. And then we look back and realize how far we've come from the faith that we once had. On the flip side, what would it look like if you were connected in prayer and in community consistently over and over for the next 10 years, your faith would be so powerful, it could move mountains. Your faith would be so powerful, people would be coming to Christ left and right. right? That's the faith that Jesus is trying to build up in us. And so not only was Jesus consistent by going to that same place, he was persistent. He didn't pray this prayer one time. Check it out. I'm going to jump through the passages here. He said, sit here while I go over there and pray. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. A little further. He, he went away for a second time and prayed. And as you can tell, I have not shared his prayer yet. We're going to close with that. But it's the art of going back and continuing Continuing to ask the Lord what his request was in his prayer. How many of you guys go to Jesus and you say, God, I believe you. I know that you will do these things. You pray to him once and you don't see it happen. You walk away. And see, Jesus shows us that when we are persistent, when we keep going after it, when we keep pressing in to what God's, God has for us, that's where faith is. Is built. I talked to you about the beginning that faith and feelings are always at war. You know where war is fought? In persistence. In persistence. Whenever you feel like you've lost that battle, keep fighting. Keep fighting it with faith. And I promise you that you will become, you will, you will be a victor in the end. And so what did he pray? I've talked a lot about the fact that he went in there, but what did he pray? Because that's the most important heart. He says in verse 39, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if this is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Listen again in verse 42. My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. I don't know about you, but I see one thing in these prayers. Surrender. Surrender is the ultimate faith builder. It's the ultimate thing that will shy you away from your feelings and guide you towards your faith. You see, I don't want you to stop praying the prayers that you've been praying. I don't want you to stop saying, God, this is how I've been feeling. These are the struggles I'm going through. I am wor I'm struggling with unbelief. I'm struggling with all the challenges that, that I have in front of me. I'm struggling with my kids. Whatever your struggle is, God is not saying don't say them. In fact, the Bible says to cast your cares to Him. So please continue to do that. What is missing from our prayers is surrender. 
What is missing from our prayers is surrender. Your will be done. That is the tagline that needs to be added to all of our prayers. God, I want to get this job. I think it's the right one for me. May your will be done. God, I think I found the woman of my dreams. I want to marry her. May your will be done. I'm struggling with X, Y, Z. May your will be done. You see, the world wants to do one thing. It wants to take one feeling and replace it with another feeling. You see, that's called self-help. It says you're in anxiety, you have trouble, troubles, I'm going to help you be confident. I am sad, let me help you be happy. I am struggling, let me help you be strong. That's what the world says. But trading one feeling for another feeling is cheap. And guess what? After you trade it, one thing will happen, and you'll trade it right back for another feeling. And you see, you start passing around your feelings like a little hot potato, and you continue to do that. You hold on to the ones you like, you let go of the ones you don't, you carry this life, and 50 years from now, you'll look back and say, what happened? What happened to the faith that I once had? And so today I want to remind you that we must build our faith daily, consistently, and it's the battle against your feelings. If you say, Look, I've been an emotional roller coaster. Please look back at your life and say, how, ha, how is my faith? Please check that. And so today we're going to do something very simple. You can do it as you're seated. I want you to open up your hands, and I want you to pretend that, that we're putting feelings inside of those hands. So put whatever feeling that you have, whatever feeling that you have, whether it's a feeling of being stressed, whether it's a feeling of giving up, whether it's a feeling of uh, unbelief, whether it's a feeling of depression, I don't care what the feeling is. Put it in your hands, now close them like a fist. Okay? Close your hands and look at those feelings. Everyone bow your, bow your heads. And as we pray here, we're closing right now and we're going to take those feelings and we're going to pray over those. We're going to declare what those feelings are. Remember, Jesus modeled it. He didn't put his feelings aside. He brought them to the light. But he added the phrase, may your will be done. It's an act of surrender. So what we're going to do is we're going to pray together. You're going to say, God, here's this feeling. I'm going to give it to you. Then all of us that believe and want to do this prayer are just going to raise our hands and let go, open up our hands in sign of surrender. What do you do when you surrender? You get on your knees and you put your hands in the air and you say, I am yours. That is what faith is. And today, I'm not giving you something you can walk out that you can just replace another feeling with. I'm telling you, Jesus is the source. He is the faith. And what he did on the cross is what matters. So let's all close our hands and bow our heads. God, you see these feelings that I have in both of my hands. And you see the struggles that I've been through. You know my history like no one else does. You know the challenges that I've had. You know the things I want to become and, and, and I'm not. You know, you know every single thought that goes through my mind and you know that I don't like them. But God, right now, I turn these feelings over to you and now let's all raise our hands 
in sign of surrender. With our hands open, we say, God, I let that go. That feeling that I have, may Your will be done. May Your will be done in my life. And may my faith be built on You, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we go throughout this week, I'm going to challenge you to put your feelings to the test. Husbands and wives, check, your, check each other for your feelings. Now, don't use this against you, men, because this could put you in big trouble. But as you go through the emotional roller coasters, check yourself. Have I prayed? Have I got in God's Word? Am I doing the things that I need to be doing consistently, or am I just doing them every once in a while? Right? Are my feelings bigger than my faith? Next week, we have Ron Vietti coming in. It's going to be a powerful message that you won't want to miss. Invite your friends, and you're all dismissed. God bless. Thanks again for listening to the Freedom Church Podcast. We hope that you were inspired and motivated to continue to grow in your faith. Don't forget to subscribe and share with others.